Listen. Are you listening? <laughs> This is the sound of my country. This is the sound of Taiwan. Okay, touch it up. Get on with it. Okay. Taiwan, a small island with a whole world of sounds. Thanks so much for joining us today here on Radio Taiwan International. Up ahead this hour, it's Jukebox Republic. But as always, we kick things off with a brand new round of Here in Taiwan. Hello and welcome to Here in Taiwan. If you're just joining us now on our Facebook live stream, welcome to you. It is Friday, July the 16th. Otherwise, welcome to all of our radio listeners out there. For you guys, it's now Monday, July the 19th. I'm John Van Trieste, and joining me here in the studio today is Shirley Lin. Hello there. In just a moment, we'll be telling you about the demise of a Taipei landmark, plus five things about Taiwan that drive one British YouTuber crazy, and we'll also be telling you about the shaky week that Taiwan's had and whether more earthquakes could be on the way. All that coming up next. Please stick around. Well, after 11 years, it's finally gone. We're talking about a piece of abstract modern uh, public art. Uh, its English name is Daydream. Although the Chinese uh, title actually translates to something more like sleepwalking, um, and I don't, for those of you who haven't been to Taipei's station before, um, it's a very confusing maze-like building, very easy to get lost in. And for 11 years now, this strange statue uh, of a girl with a bird's head um, has been sort of a meeting point and landmark in the station. And uh, just to describe it to you, it's like a a white mannequin. And the, the, uh, the girl's naked, though. Yeah, but it's, it's a mannequin. Not. It's not yes. anatomically. Right, right. Yeah, but it's, it's you know, it's, it's like not wearing mannequin. anything. Yeah, but it's, it's like clothes. a mannequin you'd see at a clothes shop. It's not anatomically explicit. Right. Without, it's got a bird's right. head, a very exaggerated, oversized bird's head for the size of the body, uh, with bright blue eyes and a big orange beak. And uh, for some reason, uh, the art critics out there can debate this one. The mannequin has is clutching a pencil in one hand. Oh, really? Uh, yeah. You know, I haven't and, really noticed a statue, and, actually. And um, in normally, water's coming out of it from everywhere. Oh, really? It's covered in water. See, I've never really noticed it. And um, it's been there for 11 years. It's been there I for 11 years. It was there when I first came to Taiwan. <laughs> okay. So it's something I remember very vividly. Uh, it made an impression on me. Um, and so it seems that uh, sort of the, the contract or something, the Con Museum of Contemporary Art says that... Uh, yeah, it needs uh, maintenance, and the contract with the Taipei Rail Transit Corporation has expired. So they gave it back to the artists, uh, who are, whose names are Joyce Ho and Craig Quintero. And it says for the next few months, they're not quite sure what to do with it. It's going to be in storage. And, uh, well, I don't know what your impression is, but the official description says, it, The surreal sculpture is an invitation to stop and smile, an invitation to dream. I find, and some commentators uh, who wrote about on Facebook the the removal of the statue think it's a little bit creepy. Yeah, that's always I the, think felt, it's creepy too. the feeling that I always gave me. Um, yeah, uh, so it says here that uh, they're both both the artists are very 
thankful that people noticed the work and are surprised, A, that the work became essentially a traffic sign directing, directing <laughs> traffic in the station, and uh, B, that in addition to becoming a landmark, its removal caused such a stir. Uh, Joyce Ho, one of the artists behind the work, says uh, that uh, actually the removal of an artwork that sparks a reaction from so many people uh, draws attention to the issue of the need to support public arts more in Taiwan. And uh, yeah, apparently there had been uh, trouble with van with uh, maybe vandalism. The pencil had been broken. Oh, it's like a real number two pencil, too. So that's the yeah. sort of thing that breaks pretty easily. Someone must have come up and snatched it. Mm-hmm. from the mannequin's hand okay. physically um so so it's and, gone the pencil's gone well yeah for before a of time. and then uh they also said that the that it was difficult even at the beginning when they first uh were making sort of prototypes of the statue it was difficult to keep clean they had the to keep coming back oh. with hand dusters and a bucket of water the artists say pretty much every few weeks to keep it clean um and uh it's interesting that the work started out as a uh, a bunch of different versions. There wasn't just one version made for Taipei. The original was uh, made in 2008, and it also included 50 smaller sculptures of the same bird figure standing on a stool. This was exhibited in Beijing. I didn't know that. Uh, and they had originally, the design was originally slightly different. The artists say that they had planned to reveal the lower half of a girl's face below the bird head, but decided that this would limit space for the imagination. Is <laughs> um, it still... You know, very uh, surreal. It's to very me. Su- well. It's supposed to be surreal, um, <laughs> no matter how it how they put it. But uh, apparently, it's it. Despite not everybody caring for it, it is a popular and notable thing. People, even uh, the Museum of Contemporary Arts here, even said it's received most of the inquiries about the statue that it's gotten are about merchandise, and that's oh. been going on for several years now. So people okay. want want miniature versions, uh-huh. and actually, the miniature version that they did end up making has already sold out. So wow. That's I guess of, I, I, I never go by, I mean, like, you know, um, take the uh, MRT to that station. So that's why I never really noticed it. But yeah. you said it's been there for 11 years. It's been there 11 but years. there had been different versions of it. So Earlier on, but that's the only one that were... we know. The one that we know and love or loathe, that is the final product that they that they put in the station. It, that, it went through the various, one that they showed in yeah, the picture. Yeah, I think it, it went through various story. concepts and yeah. prototypes before they settled on this one, it sounds like, anyway. Okay. So, uh, yeah. Uh, the removal of this piece of artwork, whether for practical reasons, because people are afraid of getting lost now, a very real possibility. That's a station is very confusing or because they love the it piece. It's a, uh, it's a, uh, you know, well, it's gone now. So who knows oh, what's going to happen uh, next. They're not going to replace it with another piece of modern art. There's no plans to, it sounds there's like. There's no plans what to? The thing I didn't know is that actually the, uh, there's a whole series of artworks that were commissioned by various artists that, uh, connect Taipei bus station and, uh, Let's see. It says Taipei Station, and it looks like Zhongshan. There's a whole sort of underground mall there that connects the two stations that you can walk down. And it seems like there's a, actually a number of different art pieces, but none of them have attained this degree of iconic status or notoriety, I guess. So mm. I'll have to actually look. I've, I do walk down there sometimes. Uh, pay more attention next time, I guess. <laughs> I guess. See what other, other art thing would things are out down there. going to be going up. There are many things to love about Taiwan and many things about Taiwan that delight first-time travelers. A lot of them end up becoming frequent travelers, actually. Uh, But there are also some things to gripe about. 
Yeah. And one British YouTuber has come up with a list of five. Yeah, we have a lot of people who came to just be tourists and then they end up staying. Yeah, well. You know, loving yeah. Taiwan so much. And this is uh, how it is with uh, uh, this British YouTuber. Um, his name is Da Feng. That's, not and his, that's his Chinese name or his nickname? That's his Chinese name. Okay. So, and I have the story in Chinese actually. Um, and uh, he's been in Taiwan for five years. And he recently made a YouTube uh, video um, talking about five weaknesses in Taiwan. So okay. five problems that he has discovered. All right. And um, one was that... You can take criticism. Let's hear what they yeah, are. Yeah, yeah. And he's, and, you know, everybody in general thought that he's very honest about this. And only mm -hmm. Taiwan's locals can really agree with him. One, the first one is that salary here in Taiwan is too low, way too low. Oh, salary. Salary. I thought you said salary. Oh, I said salary. Okay. Right. Okay. Um, yeah, I totally agree. It's right. far and, too low. Right. And then he said that's why so many Taiwanese people are leaving Taiwan to develop their career elsewhere. Australia is the big or, place right now, I think. Australia, yeah. It's closer. And and the other, and then, you know, foreigners are, are not attracted that much to Taiwan because of the low salary. Yeah, you can't, I mean, Singapore, you know? Singapore is just down the road. Right. You, you really can't compare. Right. And then secondly is that uh, rent or housing prices is way, way too high. Well, I would like, put a caveat there. If you're renting, it's okay. Yeah. If well, you're if you want to if you want to get into the Taiwanese real estate market, the, the that ladder is then in that case, I would agree it's it's outrageous. Okay, so it's mostly talking about buying a place no, if you intend to. There's just no way with such so low salary. Yeah. So there's and just such no way high and land prices and. And just house, housing is just way too expensive. It's just so ridiculous. He says that, um, you know, abroad, and he didn't say where, it, you could use the same, um, you know, amount of money to buy, like, um, more than one story high house yeah, with, with a, a garden, yeah. with a yard. In my hometown, you could def easily do that. Right. And But whereas in Taiwan, you probably get a really small apartment and maybe the condition is not all that great yeah, either. An old building. And, and, and you know, um, other countries, you know, the government gives subsidies. Right. But in town, we don't have that there is, privilege there at is, all. There is um, low-income housing. It does exist. But yeah. I think that you have to be quite uh, disadvantaged to be able to get in there. Yep, that's right. Thirdly, he says that air pollution is pretty bad. It could be better. That's a regional problem. Especially in the south, he's saying. Yeah. Because um, maybe because, you know, it's more like industrial kind and, of area down and there. And most of the coal-fired plants are in that in area and in Taichung as well. In the central Taiwan, central it's pretty Taiwan. bad as well. Yeah. It does get bad here during the winter, especially when the air is stagnant. But I mm. would say that it seem, it's mostly a regional thing. And if you go to the, yes. the, the east coast of Taiwan, the air is beautiful. Right. Because there's right. No, very little yeah, development there. That's right. Yeah. So he, he's saying that it, it is, in, you know, mainly a regional problem. And the government, he, he says he can tell the government's trying to do something, but um, not enough, you know, to improve that. Well, if you're using coal-fired power plants, I don't know what, what other what result you, you expect. Yeah. And then the next one is uh, times people like to litter around. I don't Which is that. not all that great. I don't, I don't know. Think Maybe that's he's a talking about himself or something. I don't see I, I too don't, much litter around yeah, where I live. Yeah, even at like, you know, um, night markets, I think there are these trash bins everywhere. Yeah, it's pretty, every, pretty you know, civilized. Yeah, so. I hear that it used to be a problem back in the day, and that's why. Oh, yeah. And that why is not? why our trash trucks, um, yeah. the trash truck system changed so that there are no rubbish bins. Like, you have to, you're, you have to bring your own trash bags out to the truck. 
Right. That way you can't just dump it somewhere. Right. You have to put it in the truck. There's no other, unless you live in a building where there's someone, an attendant or someone to do that for you, that you pay extra for, right. you're going to chase the trash truck yourself. That's right. So and litter um, is not really as big a problem, I don't think. There, there used to be a saying, like, you know, trash doesn't land on, on the, ground. the ground. Right. Yeah. So you have to, you know, yeah. you have to rush home from work. What and kind of litter, does he, does he, is he specific about what kind of litter he means? If it's dog droppings where I live, that's a big problem. No, he's not saying that. You know, he just thinks that people are not that responsible about mm. throwing trash. I don't know. But uh, he says that, you know, if only everybody can put in more effort, we want to see a more pretty or beautiful Taiwan. Mm. The last thing he's saying is that the traffic is really bad. So Bad or, or he's seen a lot of people who don't really follow regulations mm. um, and, and just like park the car everywhere they could find and set up a proper space True. and uh, also speeding. Yeah. Motorcycles, uh, so scooters, I guess. With the parking issue, I'd say that's because there just aren't a whole lot of parking spots. I know. Um, yeah. So where, always a where I live in an area where uh, it's ex- there's extremely twisting narrow lanes mm. where you can have trouble even getting your car into, let alone parking on the side of the street. So some where, people are you, do you live in Yonghe? Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. My my daughter lives there too. And you know what? The GPS does not work, or the Google Map, it's, whatever, tell, does not work you, in the area. You, you got to tell Uber <laughs> drivers to meet you out on a big road. Right. Otherwise, they will scrape. Otherwise, they will scratch their car up. I know, they so would. So I'm saying there's no decent places. To, there are a few decent places to park in the cities because they're so built up. And Yeah. Um, as anyway. for the crazy drivers, that mm-hmm. seems, to, in my opinion... Taxi drivers, right? Taxi drivers. They speed. They like to speed. And and that's why I, I do not, I, I've totally switched to ride-sharing apps only. I'd never take taxis <laughs> anymore. And bus drivers. Right, Bus right. drivers. I think what I've heard is that bus drivers are under pressure. Like mm. their salary might get docked or something if they don't make a certain oh, pace. Oh, certain time. What? Like oh. a pace. Like they have to a be. A pace, yeah. You know. Right. So with that and getting stuck behind red lights, they understandably yeah. crash. And then scooter drivers just have a death wish here. Uh, <laughs> I cannot tell you the number of scooter accidents I've seen just outside of RTI coming oh. home. Oh, okay. And yeah, well, he was complaining mostly about, you know, like uh, riding a scooter in Kaohsiung is like totally scary. Yeah. Um, yeah. People don't... So. Um, and they don't they don't feel any fear about trying to outrun a bus that's pulling over to let passengers <laughs> off. Though they play chicken with them. Yeah, we do have a lot more scooters here I think compared the to some ordinary other motorists though, not the taxi driver, bus driver, or scooters. The ordinary motorists are generally okay. Yeah, they're generally okay. So parking is a problem some. though. Yeah, it parking really is a problem. Because if a house so. costs that much, you know, your arm and a leg. Imagine what a par- owning a parking spot's like. You can. Yeah. It's worth its. Well, yeah. every centimeter in gold yeah well there is one little thing he just said it's just a, the how town is located but for foreigners like him getting home costs so much money really like yeah because it takes well, him about 50 you, to sixty thousand nt when you live on the other side of the world to, that's, to fly that, back to that, the uk that, that, that happens when you yeah. live on the other side of the world that yeah, happens so, so that that's you know um, you can't complain about that because that's gotta, just the way how taiwan is situated you have to um yeah, and you may have to book at certain times of year to get mm. a bit of a cheaper price, or I don't know. Right. Well, you know, with this uh, YouTube, he didn't get a lot of like negative criticisms at all. In fact, a lot of local Taiwanese people uh, totally agree with him. Okay, well, and saying just saying that 
something he's, that everybody thinks already. <laughs> right. Yeah. Right. But but not not bold enough to speak out loud. Whereas he. Oh no! Taiwanese to. people complain about these things all the oh, time. Oh no! No, I'm talking about foreigners. Oh. You know, complain uh, really? about. I these complain about these things. All, I complain about the salary. Make a, make a YouTube then. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right. Salary make, and 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 taxi drivers. I do complain about those things. Right. So I mean, Taiwanese people say that you know the five points he brought up. I mean, they he to, they totally agree. I mean, that's really the truth. But uh, it takes someone, a foreigner, who really loves Taiwan, to be, you know, be willing to speak out yeah. the truth and say how Taiwan can improve in these areas and I do better. No, yeah, I think that the the only other thing that I would add to that list oh, yeah? is the local media here is so terrible. Oh, I know. I only watch one news station here. Yeah, I, won't, I will not watch the rest of them because they're so bad. Oh, um, okay. there's one station and it's really cool. Yeah. And it's not the one of the big ones. It's like towards the back of the cable package, like oh, really? one of the really high channels. Yeah. And they have news from like a, in Chinese, like for a local audience from around the world. And it's like really interesting. They have analysis and it's wow. the rest. The, the rest of the news channels here are just like chasing views. They're tabloid like production. Yes. They're like interested in things like, I, know. I don't know. Two Looking people got in an argument, stuff. like two people getting in an argue, a fist fight on the street, or oh, <laughs> you know, it's always that kind of stuff. That reminds me of some of the videos that we get for yeah, no, we we are very uh, sorry, I can't. <laughs> we, we 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 have to actually struggle to filter those out too. <laughs> we have to weed very carefully. I know. I was thinking, this is a video. Yeah, oh, come on, you know, it's a, it's a it's a shame. But uh, there <laughs> is one really good channel here. So okay, it's. Have you felt all the earthquakes recently? You know what? No, it's funny, but my husband is very sensitive. Every time there's an earthquake, there's an earthquake. And I'll be like standing or sitting. I, I can, but I didn't feel a thing. What is wrong with me? But well, he felt every single one of them. I felt two in the last few days. Really? But it turns out that if you're, especially if you were in Eastern Taiwan and Hualien, you would probably be feeling a whole lot more of them. On uh, Wednesday morning last week, a total of 30 earthquakes hit the area, and then on... Just in a day, right? Yes. And then on Friday morning, just in the... Yeah, no, just in the morning. Okay. And then on Friday morning, uh, actually, shortly after we're recording this, there was a further 15 earthquakes in the space of one hour. Really? And I felt one of them. Oh, no. I've got relatives living in Hualien. <laughs> um, no damage. Well, very little damage has been reported. Some, you know... Yeah, but what does that mean? Is something, like little, something big coming? No. Well... Oh, I hope not. So... It's okay. So lots of earthquakes happening in the Hualien area of Taiwan is not something unusual. It's in no, it a isn't. subduction zone where two plates meet: the the Philippine plate and the Eurasian plate. Right. And so yeah, you got two plates buckling against each other. That's going to happen. Um, however, it, it it does seem that uh, that many earthquakes happening. Uh, you know, all that. That such a short area of time hitting the same location is a bit unusual. That's according to Chen Guochang, who is a director of our uh, Weather Bureau's Seismological Center. So, yeah, it's a good way to release energy, though, even though it is a bit unusual to have such a large group of quakes hitting one place in it's pretty much the same spot uh, in such a short area of time. It does re reduce the risk of major aftershocks, but the question is, are these, are these aftershocks or foreshocks? Right mm -hmm. uh, now, we did have two like twin earthquakes that happened on July and eighth in the same area, so it, they could be seen as aftershocks. But uh, 
another uh, expert, uh, Wu Jianfu, who's the deputy head of the Seismology Center, says there could be more coming. <laughs> mm. they, they might be yeah. foreshocks as well. Uh, and that in the next, let's see, in the next, I don't know, a few in the near future, it says here, uh, there could be at least an earthquake stronger than magnitude 5.4, which isn't devastating. Not, yeah. But uh, if it's seven something, then yes. Yeah, um, sometimes I wonder if I'm hypersensitive, but it's uh, some. But a lot of the times you're not. You're really not imagining things. There is a very small earthquake or an earthquake far away. And did you know that so far this year, Taiwan's reported 22 earthquakes with a magnitude of more than five. Oh. 80% of them hit Hualien. That's just where the, these things happen. Yes. So, uh, do you think we can expect some more? I don't know. I, don't but. Know. I mean, it's been more than a day, you know, like with these little quakes, so there, none that, of them have been big enough. Worries. None of them have been big enough to set off the earthquake alarm no, that but, we get on our phones, but, though. But it's that frequency that. Oh yeah, yeah you're right. It so doesn't set small. off the, the, the note. Yeah, the alerts. Uh, they may have been Hualien. I don't know, but not not nationwide. Definitely not here in Taipei. Um, it's, so it's been it's a very been shaky rare. week. Yeah, um, a shaky week. For it has. Sure. It has. <laughs> it really uh, the has. last few days have has seen a lot. Um, so that's so unusual, you know. And I yeah, I felt two of them. So. I don't know. My husband's just been feeling a lot of them. He kept saying, and I "Well, he's say, not wrong." I thought he's crazy. No, he's not wrong. Actually, uh, he didn't used to be so so sensitive, you know. Well, I don't think it's Whereas, a matter of being sensitive. It's just there's a ton of them. Let's see. Like I huh. said, thirty on Wednesday, on Wednesday, and fifteen in one hour on Friday. There's probably been more since. Yeah. That we just I know. haven't felt here. Yeah, there so. are those that um, they're so minimal, but. That, that humans don't feel I it. I think it's probably but. a good thing, though, because like we said, yeah? it's, it's releasing energy. It's releasing tension. So we're, there's less of a likelihood of a big one coming okay. up. Okay. All right. Well, I need to think it that way then. Because Hualien has had, well, that one earthquake uh, in 2018, was it? was devastating. Mm-hmm. I don't can't remember how many people were killed in collapsing right, buildings, no. but it yeah. was really awful. So, yeah, they need yeah. all of the tension release they can get over there. All right. Um, yeah, I'm wondering... Uh, what what's going to come up? It seems to have been pretty intense, though. If you have re- you have relatives where you should ask them because uh-huh. uh, well, we barely felt anything here in Hualien City and a nearby township. It the intensity was five on our seven level scale, which is pretty big. Wasn't there a couple that was like seven though? Well, not not none of these. Oh, but I'm really? talking about this this sequence of oh, quakes. I must have read it wrong. I thought um, I saw. It. No no no. There's seven is maximum, and it reached yeah. five in the in that area. So right. that's pretty. You should really probably ask your relatives if. I mean, they're okay. There was no damage. They said, but. I, I'm sure they're used to it. Yeah. Because <laughs> that's where my mom's from. Okay. Family, and so this is. I'm talking about my mom's. Well, I'm my aunt then. My mom's older sister mm. and her husband. Yeah, they've been retiring and. Living there, it's a popular place hmm. for retirees because it's a very yeah, beautiful area. It? I um, know it's a pity, but very seismically so. prone. Yeah, we we, uh, we do get these strings of earthquakes from time to time, though. I remember one year, and I don't remember which year it was. We Paula kept being like earthquake every, and there and then it would come. Uh huh. And yeah. there were like five or six that day that were like pretty. Oh yeah, right. You know when there's a, a big going. one, it you know that there's going to be aftershocks after that. Yeah, it just you kept know? going and going and going all right. well into the evening, too. And you know how a body is just kind of like, I don't know, it just, uh, I don't know. You know, after you get a shake, then you feel like it's still going. It, it's re- that reflective, um, you know, reaction that we have physically. So, oh, yeah. You know, even though it kind stopped, of, you mean like, feel like you it's mean still like moving, the feeling, the feeling you get when you get off an airplane or a ship? 
where you feel like you're kind of still oh the the okay the ship yes you know what I mean the ship yes or when you've yeah. been running on a treadmill and then you stop suddenly for a long, for right, a long time right right yeah yeah I, I get what you're saying right there right. is kind of so sometimes you're like funny I things. could be imagining this but I'm I not know. sure was, funny things that um, bodies do. Mm. <laughs> Well, that just about does it for today's edition of Here in Taiwan. I'm John Van Trieste. And I'm Shirley Lynn. Stay tuned for more of Shirley Up Next on Jukebox Republic. Just tuned into Jukebox Republic. I'm Shirley Lin. So it's already been a week since we had relaxed restrictions while still under level three alert. And how's it been going? Well, not so well, if you ask me, because it doesn't really make much difference to most businesses, especially the restaurants. If I had said that relaxed restrictions means all restaurants can start having dine-in services before, well, I apologize because. I wasn't aware that until I heard that the only restaurants that have done that is in Penghu, one of our offshore islands, that have opened up for dining in because they have like what very very low number of cases, COVID cases, maybe only like in the single digits. Of course, I haven't started dining out yet, or rather, thought about dining in at restaurants, so I had no idea that you know op- restaurants have not opened up yet. Basically, I think people are still very cautious. I would too. So everybody, like me, including me,、um, is taking it slow. That's this what the song is about. Mamantan,、uh, wait, just slowly waiting, waiting for everything to go back to normal before we venture out. <laughs> this is by Willie An. Mm-hmm. 
着冷，耐心等，只为了心动。那一刻，慢慢的，慢慢的，慢慢的，慢慢的，慢慢的，慢慢的，等红灯变绿灯，慢慢的，等你突然觉得冷，我会握着温暖。If you heard him say "mamanten," that means、uh, take your time waiting, or take yeah, take time waiting. That means to just wait slowly, like just wait, <laughs> "mamanten." Okay, so you're gonna be hearing、uh, songs in that、uh, respect. Okay, throughout、uh, today's show. So I'm talking about the fact that we've relaxed some restrictions. Uh, while still under level three alert, which is like a soft lockdown, which means that if you go out of your doors of your house, you have to wear a mask at all times, and keep a social distancing. And then if you arrive at some venues, you want to walk into a convenience store, whatever, you have to swipe your mobile phone on the QR code so that the government would know where you've been. So in case that they found a confirmed case.、Uh, At the place that you were, you that you went, then you'll be notified, and then might, you might have to go into quarantine yourself at home or something like that. So, but、uh, actually, they were the government was saying that they're going to lift the、uh, the level three alert on the what was it now July twelfth? Yes, July twelfth. That was my mom's birthday, by the way. And、uh, but then they decided that they weren't going to lift level three alert yet. Instead, to just ease some restrictions. But to most people, they feel like it's no difference. So, what am I talking about?、Um, it's not only to restaurants, but other sectors. You know, they just feel that it's just as bad, despite easing restrictions. So, movie theaters, sports centers, gyms, cultural facilities, scenic spots, and amusement parks across Taiwan have reopened, but with eased restrictions, like limited capacity, so as to maintain social distancing. Now this is after we've had two months of complete closure during soft lockdown to these venues that I just mentioned above.、Um, despite reopening, crowds are still generally staying away. Like me, I'm 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 iffy, you know.、Um, so amusement parks reported apparently about ten visitors at each place on the first few days of reopening. The first, you know, one or two days, and you know it opened on a weekday. So that's what that's why they're saying that. No wonder there's so few people, and gyms have opened, but then attendance has been really, really sparse. And movie theaters are banking on this Marvel movie release, Black Widow, with Scarlett Johansson. I want to see that too, but um, really, but I'm still iffy about going to the theaters. So while recording here in Taiwan with Natalie the other day, she said that my colleague Natalie So. Um, she said that I should feel safe because they're limiting the number of admittance to the movie theaters. I said, "Okay, okay, well, it's good to know." And apparently, Taoyuan and New Taipei City、uh, did not allow movie theaters to open, whereas the others have. And I live in New Taipei, and I was thinking, like, it must be because we definitely have a bigger population living in New Taipei compared to Taipei City. New Taipei is really more a residential district, I would say. And even if theaters are open, you are not permitted to eat or drink, which I guess is okay for me. Though 
sometimes I would feel like, you know, if you can't eat popcorn while watching a movie, then it takes all the fun out of it, you know. Oh, well, but I say, I think most people are taking it slow. Mama Lai, that's this next song by Stephanie Sun.
Now, Taoyuan and New Taipei are the only two um, out of six special municipalities that is not opening its gyms and sports centers yet. No wonder. I was thinking like, oh, well now they're easing restrictions, and I I remember asking my colleagues and asking friends. I said, so does that mean sports centers are going to open up? And they said yes, but I haven't heard anything like you know my sports center notifying me that I can go, and I realized that's why because New Taipei, uh, you know where I live, and I'm talking about you know sports center near where I live in my district. Okay, they're kind of like run by the government. And、um, they have much cheaper membership membership, you know, compared to like these fancy gyms like World Gym. Anyway, so I was hoping to get a notification from them, but nothing, and no wonder because they're still closed. Ah, and but the thing is that you know,、um, in fact, our sports center is kind of new, as of as of December November last year. Yeah, we were so excited. It's really nice place. And we've、um, signed up, you know, for like Zumba classes on Mondays and Wednesdays, and we even si-、uh, signed up,、um, you know,、uh, strength training classes with a coach, a personal coach,、um, on Saturdays. But after a few times, you know, figuring out that this is what we're going to do, we're going to keep this kind of schedule, and then COVID kicked in and they closed. <sighs> But we have been taking Zumba classes. By、um, you know downloading some YouTube's, so we've been doing that like a couple weeks,、uh, a couple times a week, so that's good. But、uh, we actually even got some gym equipment, like a an exercise bench, and a set of dumbbells. But it's just not the same, you know. We don't have a coach there, you know, nailing you down on you know the moves and how many times you need to do, and he helps you keep count. So it's just not the same. So the only thing that I'm going out for is like grocery shopping, you know, at the supermarket just down the street from us, and、uh, it's a smaller supermarket though. You don't have everything, and we did venture once to a hypermart, that was only once, you know. And what else do I do when I go out? Well, or maybe like you know get something from the convenience store, or to use the ATM, and of course to work. I, I go into work, you know, three times a week. Which is great.、Um, I love the schedule.、We've, I've been keeping the schedule for. I think all of us at the English Service have been keeping the schedule for、uh, more than a year now, because、uh, since COVID started last year, and that's all fine. But other than that, I've pretty much been staying at home, and I'm used to it. Although, yeah, I would love to go to the gym. Anyway, I need to take it slow. Just wait it out, just like a lot of people, I guess. So here's the next song, Mamantan. Slowly wait, by Chen Taishan.
That was a song in the Taiwanese language, by the way. Okay, and then Taipei Zoo, the Taipei Zoo, and the Taipei Children's Muse-、uh, Amusement Park are still closed, and、uh, very few people have even ventured to some scenic spots in New Taipei City. Though they're mostly limited to forty percent of the normal capacity, and no eating is allowed. I wonder if you can drink water. Those places say they will close if too many people show up at once. What does that mean? Will they tell them all to go home then? I think they should slowly attract more people because they're outdoors. People should feel safer. I think I will. The only reason we're not we're not going yet is because it's so hot out. And then some of the bigger, more popular amusement parks had about a hundred visitors on the first day of reopening. I mean, it's a summer vacation, you know, and you've got to take the kids out. That's why they attracted a little bit more people. And but. You know, ideally, most of those places that are eligible for reopening have drawn very few people. And the other more disturbing sector would be the travel sector, even though、um, there has been some easing on restrictions, but they say it didn't make much difference to them. Some travel agencies can organize a local tour of ten or less people at a time. Now there was a tour with four people. They were able to visit all the tourist attractions, but then, since no restaurants opened, so the travel agency agency arranged for them to book a room at a bed and breakfast and ordered lunch through room service. That's not the same, isn't it? Some travel agencies are positive. They say at least they're still business, but others are complaining. They say that how come the government allows nine people in a tour van, but then only allows five people at a time at indoor facilities? And I'm just saying that if restaurants are not open, then nothing is fun. You know, no dining in at anything. Oh well, I say we just wait out. I say people should still remain cautious, and that's what I'm doing, and you should do the same too. So 
when we do that, then we will see restaurants opening up and we'll be bringing business for them, but also we'll be dining in, feeling happier and safer doing so when time is right. Thank you so much for joining me on Joe Boss Republic. I'm Shirley Lin, and I'm going to sign off with Mamanda uh, Slowly by Dai Xiaojun. Thank you for listening to Radio Taiwan International, broadcasting from Taipei, Taiwan. 
Check out our website at english.rti.org.tw. Again, that's english.rti.org.tw for the latest news and features from Taiwan. You can also listen to our programs and watch videos as well. Our 60-minute English language program can also be heard every day at the following times and frequencies. In southern China and South Asia, from 1600 to 1700 UTC, on 9405 kilohertz. Again, that's in southern China and South Asia, from 1600 to 1700 UTC, on 9405 kilohertz. And in Southeast Asia, from 0300 to 0400 UTC, on 15320 kilohertz. Again, that's in Southeast Asia from 0300 to 0400 UTC on 15320 kilohertz. We'd love to hear from you. Please send your comments to P.O. Box 123-199, Taipei, Taiwan. Again, that's P.O. Box 123-199, Taipei, Taiwan. Or send an email to rti at rti.org.tw. Again, that's rti at rti.org.tw. Also visit us on Facebook. The address is fb.me forward slash Radio Taiwan International. Once again, on Facebook, we're located at fb.me forward slash Radio Taiwan International for videos, photos, and news of interest from Taiwan. Thank you once again for listening to Radio Taiwan International.